Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Endocrine Credible Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about representation of diabetes and why it's important. We're going to talk about misrepresentation and why it's harmful. And we're going to talk about the future and how we can do better. Again, you shouldn't take anything discussed in the Endocrine Credible Podcast as medical advice. I'm not a medical professional, and the medical topics discussed here are solely a reflection of my opinion. Representation has been a hot topic in recent years, and for good reason. It's something that is overwhelmingly important and it's something that needs discussion so let's get started First, we're going to answer the question of what representation is and why it matters. Representation, in the context of this podcast, refers to how groups of people are portrayed in news and media. Simple as that. While this podcast is going to argue for an increase in diabetes representation and just representation in general of minority groups, it's important to recognize that not all representation is good representation. I'd even argue that diabetes gets a lot of representation, as it is, it's just most of that representation is misguided and often based on stereotypes, and often done, done, it's often done without forethought on how people actually live with the illness and how they might be affected by misrepresentation. In this part one, I'm going to cover some instances of misrepresentation of diabetes in media, and I'll explain what they did wrong and what they could do better. One of the worst mistakes, in my opinion, is for media to completely just present misinformation on the way diabetes is treated. Most of the most infamous inaccuracies about diabetes in a movie is Con Air. Con Air had a pretty good plot, but where it messed up uh, was that it had a diabetic character showing several symptoms of hypoglycemia. Yet the main character was focusing on finding a syringe for for insulin for this for the diabetic character. Pretty much the entire movie. Um, obviously, when someone is experiencing hypoglycemia or low blood sugar, taking insulin would be a very bad thing as it lowers your blood sugar more. What really makes this such a big deal is how popular it was. It's our Nicolas Cage, and it's arguably one of his best works. So it really sucks that this movie was exposed to so many people, and so many people likely gained a misunderstanding of what an appropriate response to those symptoms, the symptoms of hypoglycemia, should be. It has real-world implications because it deals with how people respond to a medical emergency. This is an example of how media can directly affect the well-being of diabetes' lives. In my, in my opinion, there are some critical medical emergencies that everyone should be educated on how to respond to. And considering so many people in America today are on insulin and thus are at an increased risk of negative insulin reaction and hypoglycemia or low blood sugar, an appropriate response to a hypoglycemic person should be something everyone should know or at the very least should be able to recognize. Steel Magnolias is a bit different in that there aren't blaring uh, necessarily inaccuracies in its portrayal of diabetes outside of over-dramatization, but that can be why it's particularly dangerous. It's just so believable. 
In that clip you heard, Shelby is diabetic and is hypoglycemic, and her mother is trying to get her to drink juice, but Shelby, Shelby is refusing. All this happens in real life, and it probably happens often, uh, but the dialogue makes it more dramatic than it is, and instances like this tend to be rare for most diabetics, especially with modern technology. The issue is that it can create fear and unneeded anxiety for an event that doesn't happen all that often, and it presents it as just another side effect that comes along with diabetes that you'll eventually get it if you have diabetes. And many diabetics right now already have pretty terrible anxiety when it comes to taking insulin because it can be dangerous, that's true, and people should be aware of the dangers of their medicine. But emergencies like Shelby's shouldn't be portrayed like this is a normal and regular occurrence in the life of a diabetic. Steel Magnolias also fails in that it portrays Shelby's pregnancy as unsafe. While diabetes does present new challenges when it comes to pregnancies, many people can undergo pregnancy safely and give birth to healthy children. Shelby's pregnancy is portrayed as unsafe because of her diabetes. The only way this could even like remotely be considered okay is if it was portrayed as unsafe because of her poor control of her illness, rather than diabetes. Diabetics shouldn't feel that they're inherently unhealthy because of their diabetes, because they're not. It just takes a few extra steps, but it's totally possible and realistic to be healthy and to live a long life. Something that isn't portrayed in Gil Magnolia is because she died, again, seemingly because of her diabetes rather than complications or mismanagement. If media wants to portray diabetes, that's great, but it needs to do it in a way that doesn't unnecessarily create fear. There are true, scary stories relating to diabetes, and those can and probably even should be told, but they shouldn't be told without it being clear that there's a more hopeful outlook. The next example doesn't have audio because it took place on social media, but I wanted to include it because it, while I couldn't think off the top of my head an example of how media can use diabetes as the butt of a joke, it happens often and it's harmful. Luckily, today the diabetes community is more vocal than ever and most of the people responsible for these jokes tend to learn their mistakes pretty quickly, but not before damage has been done. Jimmy Kimmel posted a tweet uh, which, along with a photo, said, Thank you for the cookies at Kelly Ripa. You are sweeter than diabetes. It's a harmful joke because it perpetuates the misconception that diabetes is caused by sugar and the misconception that diabetics can't have sugar. It's an unfortunately common joke. <laughs> this is an example of how misrepresentation can indirectly and sometimes even directly affect the lives and health of diabetics. Firstly, it damages their mental health in terms of feeling secure in what they're doing. Um, they can create anxiety um, around how other people view them because of their illness. Secondly, it damages their relationships in terms of feeling more uh, isolated because the people they care about don't understand their illness. And it damages their own self-care sometimes. If people don't feel secure in their own treatment, if they don't feel happy with the things they're doing, and if they don't feel like, I mean, if they feel like they're getting a judging side eye from people when they eat a candy to treat a low, they'll often not do it, and they'll often withgo steps uh, as a means of avoiding judgment. One of Endocrine Credible's goals is to alleviate some of those misunderstandings, but that's difficult to do when those misunderstandings stem from media, something near everyone is exposed to near all the time. That extends into part two, repercussions.
Kenneth Gergen is an American social psychologist, and he's alive and well today, but back in 1991, he wrote a book titled The Saturated Self, where he warned of a world where technology advanced to the point where it would alter human beings' perception to the point of multifrenia, or a fragmented version of identity that is pulled in so many directions that the individual is lost, a point re where reality cannot exist without his virtual counterpart. Now, either reality or the media as it is today can start this feedback loop between reality and the virtual reality. But the reason media is so much more dangerous is that a single person has so much uh, influence on public opinion. Without media, there's a sort of checks and balances because uh, information spreads from person to person, branching from the initial person who said it. If the information turns out to be incorrect, eventually someone will catch it. Um, and it starts small and localized so that it can be shut down relatively easily. Media, on the other hand, allows a single person to alter the perception of thousands of people in an instant. Just like that Jimmy Kimmel example I mentioned earlier. And you might be skeptical of what the true influence of media is, but most people don't know to be skeptical of what they hear on the internet. It's especially easy for someone to believe what they read on the internet when it corroborates a belief they already had. For many, their own preconceived ideas of reality are fact-check enough. It's one of the worst things about the internet. People aren't inclined to fact-check unless it goes against their opinion, and unfortunately, most people's perception of diabetes isn't totally reflective of reality. Recently, Pixar released a teaser trailer for their new film, Turning Red, in which one of the characters is wearing what appears to be some diabetes technology. Uh, a lot of people touted this as a win for the diabetes community, but it did also spark a conversation about the importance of representation for children and in children's media. Sometimes using the unfair influence of media can be used for good. Fortunately or unfortunately, people, especially kids, are more likely to believe something if you show it on TV than if you actually tell them. Most people are visual learners, so that makes sense. And it's important for kids because their early experiences shape what their perception of possibilities are. When they don't see someone who looks like them on television saving the world or being president or going to battle or even just living a normal life, they begin to question if people like them are capable of much at all. This is, this is exacerbated by the fact that diabetics aren't totally left out of media, but when they are included, they're portrayed as helpless or a burden, and that's not fair when kids see this in media and it begins to shape their perception of reality. And as I've talked about before, people's perception of reality changes reality. We all know that kids imitate what they see. The research is clear on that, so it's not far-fetched to believe that that imitative behavior in children extends to their beliefs. So when misrepresentation is the only representation diabetic kids get, it's easy for them to believe that will be their reality. Even for non-diabetic children, it's important they are exposed to a normalized view of diabetes. Otherwise, it's common for them to conclude that needles are gross, diabetics can't eat sugar, diabetes is something their grandma has, and ultimately, diabetes makes a kid different weird. While the last of the Jim Crow laws were abolished in 1965, black people couldn't fully integrate with their fellow Americans until they were portrayed in media in a normalized light because people are scared of what they haven't seen before. And this is the same for kids, first being exposed to someone, taking a shot, or wearing an insulin pump. It's different. It's weird. It's something to be avoided. And the longer something is avoided, the longer misconceptions can multiply. Misrepresentation can be harmful, 
but when representation is used accurately and positively, it opens up a world of possibilities, and is a stepping stone to a more empathetic reality. Endic Incredible is run primarily by three people, and the podcast is just me. It takes a lot of time and sometimes a lot of money to keep Endic Incredible going, and I couldn't do it without the donations of incredible people like you. If you can, donations are really greatly appreciated, and you can make a donation at endocincredible.org forward slash donate. Otherwise, you can just check out our website at endocincredible.org and find out more about what we do and find out how you can help.